Welcome to episode two of the Chimpcast, a podcast dedicated to, uh, you know, DeFi stuff. Brought to you by the chimps of the Cheetah community, not an official association. Anything discussed in this podcast is our own opinion and not the opinion of any other member of the DAO, my finance, the team, uh, nor is it financial advice or anything else. So without further ado, let's introduce the illustrious panel of chimps for this episode. Joining me once again, ZRX Evan. Hello, Evan. Hey, Geekvine. How's it going? You you eat your dinner, buddy. I hope the sandwich is good. Also That's here, good. Raithers. Hello, sir. Hello, everyone. I'm just eating a brownie and happy to be here. Ah, oh, very good. I hope it's not a special brownie. And for the first time, Royal Laid, the man, the myth, the legend. Hello, thank you, Geekvine. Uh, I'm I'm the one that's colloquially known as getting on the soapbox during that one community call, <laughs> uh, amongst amongst other things. Um, it was a worthwhile cause. Yeah, yes. it was, it was, yeah, trying, trying. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, cool. So today we're going to be uh, discussing uh, liquidity. That should be an interesting topic. It's uh, come up quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, uh, in particular as my finance expands to other chains. And I know there's been uh, some hot discussion. We should have invited uh, Ovi Owl on here to talk about Curve. He's my Curve buddy. Um, full disclosure, I do uh, hold quite a bit of Curve, so I'm, I'm a little bit biased. But uh, I think part of this came around from Royal Aid. You had some some interesting opinions. I think you always have interesting opinions, actually. I wish you could have joined us for the Dowification episode we did uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, so... Um... I also wish I could have joined. It's just it's been crazy over here. It's been super busy, but uh, you know we're we're making it through. Uh, we're gonna make it, etc. Um, but the the thing that I think I'm not sure who originally proposed it, but as as um, my finance grows and as Cheat Out grows, one of the things that we're noticing is that other uh, players are coming into the space, offering other solutions. Some have grown and eclipsed us in the time. Right, Mim is a good example of this, yes. and. Um, the way that Mim became the superstar that it is, as far as I'm aware, so correct me if I'm wrong on this, but my impression is that basically they paid a bunch of curve bribes and they purchased liquidity at a super steep discount, which allowed them to bootstrap massive APRs and basically onboard everybody. It also helped that they were on the right chain and that Daniel is apparently the world's best marketing wizard. <laughs> anything, But he's like the second coming of Jesus. I, I'm pretty sure the entire Internet will disown me. But um, regardless, Daniel is really good at what he does. Um, and so that helped propel them even further. And so it's kind of started a discussion within the DAO about how do we acquire liquidity? What's the best way for us to acquire liquidity? What's the easiest way for us to do so being Polygon native, right? That eliminates Olympus DAOs, Pro Bonds until they launch on Polygon. All of these questions were kind of brought up um, around watching mim basically steal our thunder i think is the way a lot of people viewed it um nothing against nothing against the mim community they're doing great stuff over there um so uh i think that's kind of how to frame it and i don't really know what the current approach or consensus that the dao is going with is but my understanding is we don't have a strong consensus yet other than a few people really want us to push curve um but there are complications with that that we can get into. 
Yeah, we can certainly do that. Um, it seems like, I mean, you're right. There is no consensus. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of the liquidity options are being weighed upon by uh, the BD team. And uh, I think that's maybe causing some friction among some people. Um, again, I, I do hold a lot of curve, but, you know, I'm not per, you know, partial to curve. If, if that's the direction we went, great. Um, but it seems like the, the direction that the DAO is heading is in finding liquidity among partners, right? So QuickSwap was the, the big partner uh, when we launched the, the current farms. And uh, that's been a big push. I haven't heard much uh, from the QuickSwap team on, on the Discord server. Uh, or really much at all, uh, particularly since we're expanding and focusing so much on Phantom right now. So the the big push has been on the partnership with uh, Beethoven X with Beats, and uh, I think that's that's an interesting approach. Um, you know, we we do have some really good liquidity on Balancer, and and Beethoven X is a Balancer fork. So so I understand kind of uh, stick with what you know maybe. Uh, I think that kind of makes sense. Uh, I am curious. I, I would love to, you know, we should have invited Jeffrey on here um, from uh, Beethoven X. He's, he's hanging out in the Discord all the time because uh, he's got some interesting opinions. And obviously he, he's partial to Beethoven X, and, and I totally understand that. Uh, but I'm curious if we could uh, chime in a little bit on some of the options that the DAO would have for liquidity. Um, you know, I'm going to bring up uh, Otter Clam. I don't know if you guys have played with this. I played with it a little bit. Um, I think that's interesting. I'm not quite sold on it, but, uh, you know, aside from Balancer on Polygon and, uh, Beats or Beethoven X on Phantom, uh, what, what other options do we see as, as good possibilities for liquidity? Uh, you know, we, we've decided as a DAO that, uh, Key or chi is not a, a farming token. Uh, that's very clear from those of us that have been around for a while. Uh, maybe newer folks don't quite understand why we've gone that direction. Um, but I think uh, maybe it's interesting to talk about the the differences in how providing liquidity to a farm, to a pool, to uh, something like uh, Otterclam or Olympus or Klimadao, uh would be different. I think there's a distinction we have to make here between what we're providing liquidity for specifically because we do have two tokens, both Chi and Mai. And um, when I think of uh, Curve and the bribing with M- with MIM, you know, that's a stable coin. That's a stable coin strategy to increase the um, liquidity, um, capital efficiency of the uh, money invested to, you know, obtain liquidity. And that's certainly not the same thing that we would want to be doing for Qi, for example, rather for Mai. So I think we should be careful with um, talking about liquidity for the specific tokens. And in addition yes. to that, there's there's another twist. Um, we need to figure out what our liquidity strategy is overall, right? The inclination from, from most of the conversations I've heard and the generally hot thing in DeFi right now is to push for protocol-owned liquidity, which makes a lot of sense, right? It seems on the surface like that's a smart thing to do, but you need tools and um, organizations in place to be able to pick up where that that kind of gap is, right? So that's what my understanding of what Olympus DAO does, right? They're basically liquidity as a service. Similar things are happening with Tokamak, 
right, where Tokamak is basically abstracting one layer higher, where they're being a liquidity as a service as a service, where they, yes. yeah, where they help spin up liquidity as a service offerings to other DAOs, and then the DAO itself can offer that liquidity like three layers down. And understanding all of this, like I'm very new to all of this, so. I might be like mischaracterizing things. Um, so if I come off like a noob, just just pretend that I'm the layman representing <laughs> everybody that doesn't understand things uh, listening to the podcast right now. Really, that's my that's supposed to be my role, but um, that's cool. <laughs> I, mean, I think we can both share. We can both uh, sit in that uh, pea pod together. But uh, I, yeah, I, I think you brought up some great um, options and some great. Um, tools out there that I know Evan has been talking a lot about. He's even written a right, nice article about it. So, Evan, do you want to weigh in on that? Yeah. yeah. Well, do you think, think those characterizations a, are... I think yeah. a good way to kind of understand the difference, how I would characterize Olympus uh, Olympus from Tokamak, is that Tokamak functions as a decentralized market maker, and Olympus Pro is essentially a service um it's like a bond marketplace service and so they're i think they're very different approaches to providing liquidity um or servicing liquidity um but yeah i just wanted to say like those are the two distinctions i would characterize them as and so tokamak has characteristics of both olympus and of curve as well and i think curve is also another you know, thing we have to talk about here because, uh, you know, with my as the stablecoin my and the curve pools, we can create pretty deep liquidity potentially for my if we choose to go the curve route. But Token Max, like you know, a thing of its really a thing of its own. They're actually they're all really unique, but I would say Token Max is the biggest blend between you know, all of the other ideas we've seen in this uh, emerging liquidity as a service industry so far. I just want to say that regardless of what anyone says about any of these protocols, uh, they, they, they're they all stealing the tokenomics from another crypto. And I'm surprised no one has brought it up. Maybe they just don't know. Um, but but it seems from my understanding, and again, I'm, I'm no expert, right? Uh, I stick with what I know and what I know works. Um, you know, Doing research on Olympus and, and Tokamak, which I mean, Tokamak does seem amazing. Uh, I, I would say even better than than something like Olympus. But uh, you know, the, the tokenomics come straight out of Algorand. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that coin, um, but basically, you you have um, kind of a a floor for the value of the coin based on you know the the token that you're putting in. So on Olympus's uh, example, it'd be Dai. Uh, Otter Clam on, on Polygon is using Mai. Uh, so that's why I brought that up. Um, you know, Tokamak is using a bunch of different tokens and, and you have a floor, right? So in the example of Otter Clam, you purchase, uh, your, your clam token by inserting either the clam Mai LP or you insert some Mai into the protocol. And one my equals one clam for the protocol, right? Uh, but you're not actually purchasing for that amount. You're purchasing, I don't even know what it is now. It was like 37 bucks last night, uh, for, for one clam token. And, and that vests over a period of time before you can claim it. Um, so in the event that, uh, you know, you have a soft rug and the price goes to 
technically nothing, uh, it would go down to a dollar, right? So you, you recoup your investment. You don't lose that. Uh, but you do have the possibility of getting more. Uh, go ahead. I, I cut you off, Royal Aid. Oh, no, you, that was, I, I was going to kind of draw distinctions similar to that, but, um, you kind of led perfectly. So never mind me. Oh, come on now. Well, the only thing I was going to, going to add to that is that, um, one of the things that seems to be a hallmark of a lot of this stuff is 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 extremely complicated, very nuanced. I mean, look at how many different takes have been on how Olympus is a Ponzi, isn't a Ponzi, is a Ponzi, isn't a Ponzi. Right? <laughs> um, but I, I I agree with you fundamentally. As long as as long as the assumption holds that you can actually withdraw from Olympus, that's a big if in DeFi, but we're all used to it. As long as you can withdraw from Olympus. Technically speaking, the floor value is the value of the treasury divided by the number of whatever, right? So your yes. IOUs can be redeemed, um, even in the case of a run on the bank. Very similar to my, right? Where where my finance has a fundamental floor based on the cl- uh, the collateralization ratios. Oh my god, let me trip over my words a little bit more. The collateralization ratios, um, where you we can be confident that my's treasury will hold X number of tokens. At it's absolutely most levered, right? Um, that has different implications for my than it does for Olympus, right? We we care about stability, of the peg, and all of that. I don't know what Olympus's model is or how much they care about a peg, but are they trying to do the stablecoin thing? I forget what their actual token is all about. It's like I mean, it's like a it's weird a, hybrid. Yeah, it's a reserve currency, uh, is, is what they say. Uh, basically, the the tokenomics is uh, you huddle forever and uh, everyone wins. Ah yes, yes. Call it a Fonzie. That's right. Just hold on, and it'll keep going up. Well, and that's why the the motto is the three comma three, right? So uh, it's the whole prisoner's dilemma, uh, where if nobody rats anybody else out, then uh, you know you both go to jail, but for a little bit of time, instead of you know you rat your your buddy out and you go to jail forever. Uh, so if everyone holds, all the tokens go up in value, and everyone wins. Uh, but then you know somebody is gonna is gonna come out, right? And, and part of, of the idea behind this is to protect protocols from people that, uh, invest heavily in a protocol, uh, so the price goes up and then dump tokens, right? So we've seen this in my, for example, right? There was a Black Swan event, uh, what was it? It was early on in the protocol, May or June. Um, it was before price... Anchor, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and that happens with a lot of protocols, right? Alameda Research, uh, everyone's favorite, uh, and others just, uh, buying a bunch of tokens and dumping them. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the post that I put up recently, but, uh, you know, we, we had recently voted on, uh, getting onto a, uh, centralized exchange and, uh, Alameda just dumped a bunch of money into that exchange. So, uh, it might have been a good idea that we're not in there. Um, there is there is something I want to touch on that that I feel is important, and that's the role of the Chi token in inside and outside of the DAO. Um, and I want to talk about time horizons and goals and all of that. Now probably isn't the right time since we're still on liquidity, but I want to make sure to raise that. That is something that I feel like a lot of the members of the DAO, um, I don't know if they just don't have the same time horizon or the same goals. Um, and I don't want to mischaracterize them at all or, or paint a bad picture of them, but I feel like the role of the cheat token is something we should discuss 
is as it relates to liquidity and more importantly as it relates to its role in the DAO and how it acquired the DAO acquires liquidity. I think uh that's probably actually a good a good segue into the next part then, right? Because we we do need to talk about the the two separate kinds of liquidity that Evan brought up. Uh so first we need my liquidity and then we need chi liquidity. Uh I'm going to be honest here with chi. Uh, oh sorry sorry uh finish your thought and then I'll I'll say my thing. I was just going to say, you know, now we're there's some announcements about bridging and, and adding liquidity to the, the, the relay chain bridge uh, for upcoming expansion to other networks. So, uh, you know, that's that's one way to do liquidity. Uh, but but what is the place of chi, right? So go ahead, Evan. Okay. What is so, the place of chi? All right. Um, not to be negative or anything, I am a Chi holder. I love this project. It has a special place in my heart because this was really the first project that I ever, like first big project I ever got into in crypto. So the Chi token, we got a market cap of what, like $10 million, give or take. Um, we have negligible <laughs> revenues. There's no cash flow right now. <clears throat> and so the question really is, how much liquidity do we need for the Chi token right now? Like, does it seem reasonable to think like we want, like, let's say like a million dollars out of the $10 million liquid market cap for liquidity for the Chi token? Like, is that something that we really even want to be pursuing? Like making the Chi token more liquid when it really doesn't have any, any uh, use cases at this time? I mean, you can stake it, but the revenue that the protocol generates is so negligible that you don't really get much from staking. Uh, yeah. So I think this is a good opportunity for me to kind of come in and share my perspective, which apparently seems to be somewhat of a hot take. So fair warning. Um, <laughs> I think it's necessary to incentivize some small amount of liquidity to chi if we're expanding it to other chains why because it's a good faith effort it increases tvl and right now the short-term goal anyways is to get phantom rewards and hopefully supplement or replace chi rewards with the phantom rewards on either vaults or or the pools there's no concrete plan yet the staff haven't even touched on or i guess the core team i should say haven't even touched on what their specific plans are probably because they don't have any solid plans yet at all um, but I do think it's important to have a small amount of chi liquidity on Phantom. Um, maybe as much as has been proposed, maybe less, maybe more. I don't really have a strong opinion there because in the grand scheme of things, the the way that I've been viewing the chi token is against its fully diluted value, right? There will be 200 million chi at some point circulating in the crypto ecosystem. Everything can be made relative to that, right? So if we look at that as as kind of our base, and we assume that eventually there'll be 200 million chi, then how much are we actually incentivizing? How much of a percentage of the total war chest that we have are we incentivizing these pools with? It's pretty negligible. And so it's like with Balancer. Balancer hands out like what? A tenth of a percent, maybe, of the total balancer that will ever exist every couple of weeks, like it's nothing. And balancers tokenomics have been pretty impressive based on how well the token has performed. And I think in the short term, this is what I was talking about earlier, in the short term, she's going to continue to dump. It's probably going to dump pretty hard. Why? That is our growth mechanism. That is how we grow. 
And we should use that and spend that to be able to grow. Now, we can debate the finer points of how much. There is definitely discussion to be had there. And I don't, again, I don't have strong opinions on the amounts. As long as it's not something like 5% a week of the total chi that will ever exist, then it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be too much of a debate, right? We're, we know that my finance, I, I'm guessing we're all here because my finance has a solid core product. Everybody I tell about this, I, I don't care. Like I have a few people that I work with that work uh, at Morgan Stanley. They they were very interested in the product. They asked how liquidations work. They they thought it was a really cool idea. I know a few friends that have. Oh, you can get a loan at zero percent. Then how does that work, right? It's it basically sells itself. The idea is really good, right? The goal now is just to get more people onboarded. The way you do that is by getting marketing. The reason a lot of people showed up to Cheetow was because the farming rates were insane and stable over time, um, and not suggesting we go back to that. That was like extremely, it was bad for, for the protocol Uh-oh. overall. Um, uh, I, yes. hope, I, hope, I hope I'm not misunderstanding you there, but I, the liquidity mining token allocation for Chi is, in the docs is currently set at 20%. And I'm not sure how much of that we've already emitted thus far, but 20% is a pretty, you know, 40 million Chi tokens over the course of, you know, a couple of years probably and i think you know it's it the question is how much what what value are we getting by using these incentivized or using chi tokens to incentivize certain behaviors and <clears throat> i think a very good direction that we're going in is using the chi tokens to incentivize vault borrowing because a lot of our you know the peg is maintained or the the my created from the vaults is kind of the better way to make revenue as opposed to using the anchor because the anchor is more of a uh, arbitrage and defensive mechanism not necessarily so like you don't want to be making the majority of your money off of that it really should come from the vault repayment revenues and so i think it's we're seeing a lot more bang for our buck by incentivizing the vaults and getting my borrowed from that as opposed to incentivizing these uh pool twos or you know my whatever pools like my usdc pool even uh for to like acquire the necessary liquidity for my to keep continue to grow right i I, but again there's a few caveats there right so on the chains we're on what access to tools do we have right that's a big question we have to ask olympus is great and tokamak is awesome but they don't exist on any of the chains at least as far as i'm aware that we operate in so what what tools do we actually have access to that's that's the first thing that we need to like solve and if there are better tools available by all means we should definitely have and like curve is the one that's always brought up um and we're kind of in a weird place with curve right because we have plans or we have uh relationships rather with um beats we have relationships with quick swap and we want to preserve those relationships because they've been good to us and we should continue to scratch their back at least as far as i'm aware now that's up for the wider doubt to decide if that's the case right and obviously if we want to change it up we should propose a propose a quip throw it up to a vote and let them decide um but in terms of like actually bootstrapping stuff we have very few options as far as i'm aware outside of just directly incentivizing stuff. In the case of getting liquidity for Qi, I think it almost makes sense to put a little bit of Qi towards that just to just to grease grease the wheels a little bit. And again, your your point about the 20% going to incentives, Evan, is extremely important 
um, uh, information because it also means that's our runway for this, right? And we can go look at and get solid numbers and make an informed decision about what we should be doing based on the assumption that that is the runway, right? Um, yeah, and but, I, that's you're right. We the tools are very limited for us right now, and I think that's why the team is focusing so much on Phantom right now, and to get those Phantom rewards going to Harmony, going to Avalanche, you know, all of these networks that are offering these rewards. I think the team is, you know, prioritizing these types of partnerships on different chains um, so that we can supplement as much of these rewards with non-chi backed tokens. So I'm going to yeah. throw out some numbers real quick. Yeah. I think okay. Bitcoin's going to beat me to it. Go for it. Oh, no, no. So uh, you said 40 million would be the cap on rewards. So if per we've emitted so. per the docs, yes. So if we if we have uh, what is it, eleven million right now staked, uh, close to eleven million, uh, there were just uh, close to five million put aside for the uh, I guess we can call them range tokens, uh, the KPI options that we recently voted on. Uh, you know that's uh, that's almost half of the forty million there. Uh, which oh gives us a, a runway that gives us a runway of you know eighteen to twenty four months at at the current emission rate. And this a quick is... update. Um, it's uh twenty twenty five percent for the docs. It's twenty sorry. It's twenty percent of eighty five percent. So eighty five percent is a community distribution, and twenty percent of that is specifically for staking and liquidity mining programs. Separate to that, there is 65% community treasury that is not yet been assigned to anything for usage that can technically also be, um, quote unquote, utilized in a manner that the, you know, uh, the DAO votes for. So not saying that we should be voting for using that uh, wholly in the in, in the space of uh, marketing and growth, etc. Um, uh, w- w- one call out is um, to the point you just made, Geekwine. I believe and I recall that the chip voted around uh, Qi usage uh, for strategic partnerships yes. is from the f- separate 5% uh, out of the total uh, tokens, which oh, is intended good. for fundraising. So I feel I do believe that that's not part of the uh, 20% out of the 85% for community distribution. So just a quick, okay. uh, quick couple of notes there. Yeah. So 20% of 85% is 34 million tokens. Okay. So we have 34 million tokens total to work with in terms of specifically liquidity, right? Let's let's set aside things like eventual staffing needs, any kind of like marketing apart from liquidity, right? This is exclusively for building liquidity per per what the and also important note for people. I agree with Raithers, we shouldn't be tapping into the war chest if we don't need to. But if push comes to shove and we're like up against the wall, there's always the option to like break glass in case of emergency and, and kind of go in there and try and save the protocol, right? If, if it comes that down to that is correct. Yeah. But, but we're not even close to that, right? We need to know about the exit plan in case something breaks out, but we don't have to go there yet. Um, but using that, right? 
I think it would be an important exercise to look at our current emissions rate and also look at the growth of our emissions over time, project what our actual runway is, and then see where we're at along along that curve. And if we're happy or unhappy with it, right, that will inform what the Dow decides to do overall. Because one of the things that I feel has been lacking in a lot of these conversations is hard numbers or hard things to back up the feelings that a lot of people have. Right. Yes. But he- hearing hearing these numbers, it has me a little bit more concerned than I was prior, but not wholly so. Right. Like effectively, my finance is a startup. The the tokens are our stock options. We're distributing stock to, to holders who are interested. And you don't have a ton of you don't have a ton of stock or a lot of runway in a startup. You generally have. It's a little bit weird now because there's a ton of money in the system and yada yada. Everybody's heard it before. But generally speaking, all the startups I've worked at, the runway is anywhere from 12 months to on the high end, 48 months, if you're really lucky and like just just closed around. So, you know, working with that, along with our growth goals, we can ground the discussion in some facts and, and actually target it towards what our overall goals are, right, which is to make my finance the primary stablecoin used by every chain except for anywhere we don't want to be. (laughs) I think that kind of is a good segue into talking about uh, the liquidity of my itself because the the platform is fundamental. The the stability, the availability, you know, the liquidity of my is essential to the success of the platform and whatever we can do with the Qi tokens to maximize the growth. Um, however, that metric is measured, maybe like my in circulation, um, is I think the direction that are, we're all aligned going towards. And, yeah, and I, I think, think broadly, I, yeah, go ahead, Riley. Uh, no, no, Raythers, you. I've, I've been talking plenty. It's definitely your turn. I was about to say, is, this is definitely not a who's not been talking should talk, but uh, <laughs> <go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> I was eating my brownie quietly, so don't worry about me. Um, no, I, I was just going to quickly note um, on that piece. Um, actually, maybe before that, uh, two quick points. Um, the... The aspect of of the of the chi token, I just quickly segwaying back to that um, before we moved on. Um, I think the efficiency aspect also needed to be pointed out, and I think that's what the latest chip really was aimed at. Um, the fact that we are utilizing our chi token as a way of uh, aligning with strategic partners means that it's not runway that we need to define with end users. It's actually runway that we are building through our partnerships uh, for them to engage with us over a longer horizon that we may than we may be able to, um, you know, manage ourselves purely through the community sort of distribution piece that we mentioned earlier. So I, I would say it's definitely the 34 million, uh, but I would say it's that's kind of like a soft cap and having this uh, strategic partnership through an efficiency model of having KPI options allows us an actual sort of uh, I would say maybe kind of a backbone of sorts through these partnerships that are actually also engaging with, uh, you know, um, expanding our liquidity um, through sort of a quid pro quo, right? Um, they are in it for the value of the Chi token over time. Uh, we're in it for, of course, the uh, expanding liquidity for my uh, for the my stable coin. So I think that kind of 
maybe is, is a segue back into the points you were just making, Evan. And I think, yes, we are very much aligned, uh, in my mind at least, um, that the focus should very much be on um, the, the overall liquidity. But I think what we've been saying internally, and I think what other chimps also would, would want to be mindful of is the source of that, um, you know, my, uh, ideally we should of course be having as much my being minted from our vaults. Cause that means that there's more my being borrowed against collateral, uh, more usage of our core product. And of course, uh, at the end of the day, in, in some way or form in the long term, that's going to equate to repayment fees. Right. I think there's, a uh, there's definitely a, a a a point to get caught up in, like, hey, you know, where's the revenue? Where's where's the numbers now? But at, but what we also have to consider is that the positioning of my has never been we're here to make money for speakers. It's been how can we provide an opportunity for you as a chimp or as anyone in the entire world for that matter uh, to be your own bank, right? For to come in, deposit your collateral, borrow against yourself, not having to pay someone else, right? Like any other bank. But just to borrow against yourself, your own collateral, and utilize that value, right? Unlock the value of, of your crypto, as we keep saying, or as I keep saying on Twitter. Um, and I think that's an important point to be mindful of. Um, the other aspect, uh, and again, not 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 trying to debate or, or th- throw shade on, on anyone's opinions or thoughts is uh, agreed that maybe, say, cash flow revenues on the lower side. I think it's also a fact that as a protocol focused quite heavily on the growth side, we've not so much looked at how do we utilize and how do we um, gain more value and have more revenue uh, generation options from our uh, collateral that gets like the uh, repayment fees. Like how do we get those tokens in the treasury actually being put to work? How do we get generally the treasury that's being unlocked over the first year? That's 50% of the overall, sorry, that's uh, 50% off, um, sorry, 65 Okay, actually, says three layers. It's fifty percent off sixty-five percent off the eighty-five percent of overall community distribution. So that fifty percent gets unlocked over one year um, across a Polygon's um, block. So maybe it's a little over a year, but you you get the picture. Um, and I think that's an aspect that, as a DAO, we need to be mindful of and and start focusing on as well. If we want to be talking about how do we have revenue. Um, revenue sharing as a factor of attracting audiences for staking or buying the G token and so forth. Um, I think GeekMind said it best, and maybe this is a good segue for someone else to take me off my soapbox. Um, We are early in what we are as a protocol. We're early in broadly the overall DeFi space as well. I think we're finding a footing in a couple of areas. Um, I think we have have great footing in the partnership space, and I think we're really building that out nicely. Uh, I feel like the chip on uh, cheap, KPI options for strategic partners is likely going to be a really good success, provided we find the right partners who are in it as well for the tenor, I believe it's 18 months with the with the opportunity to roll over as well. And I feel like that's really going <clears> to <throat> expand the ecosystem beyond the aspect of mercenary capital or some of these, in my opinion, liquidity as a service providers that aren't necessarily something you will be anyways utilizing in the long haul uh definitely they have a space from a bootstrapping perspective is that what we need is that you know uh, something that's uh a good option for certain protocols maybe ours maybe not ours i think that's uh open to debate and i, I don't think i'm yet settled on uh, which way i'm leaning but yeah over to you folks for some takes on all of that no, i think I, the I, 
Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say the range tokens and the success tokens, I think will be very interesting to see play out how, you know, you, you basically can choose which partnerships to incentivize with them by making these deals with other protocols. And that's a very, it's a very uh, efficient way in my eyes to utilize the governance tokens that we have available to us. And also from the point of view of trying to be on curve or be on Olympus or be on token Mac or, you know, any of these liquidity as a service providers, I don't think that we're at the stage to necessarily be doing that right now, because if you look at, you know, who's a part of uh, Olympus DAO or Olympus Pro or Token Mac, like you got big players like Sushi, Alchemix, um, even Olympus itself. Um, I'm blanking on other ones, but like all of the big names, these are like well-established blue cap DeFi protocols that are looking to, you know, take control of their liquidity. Like they have big budgets and the liquidity mercenary liquidity takes up a huge chunk of their treasuries. And so that's a big focus on them for the stages that they're at for, you know, the problems that they're facing. And I think the problems that we're facing are completely different and aren't necessarily going to be solved by doing what they're doing. You know, it's just, we're not at the same stage at this time. So I I think there's one key issue uh, underlying some of this stuff. And I think part of the problem is uh, education. And, And what I mean by that is, in DeFi, it seems like, you know, I don't want to say DeFi 2.0 because everyone's throwing that around and I freaking hate it. But, uh, you know, everyone's talking about owning liquidity and, and quit, you know, quit using farms and this and the other. Uh, here's the thing. In DeFi, we've been trained to chase yields, right? And so, you know, when, when Polygon threw out whatever it was, $40 million to, to incentivize like Ave and protocols like that, Everyone jumps onto Polygon. And then, you know, Phantom does whatever they're doing and people jump on Phantom. Or Avalanche does Rush and, you know, everyone jumps to, to, to Avalanche. And, uh, you know, there's, there's other incentive programs coming for other chains. And, uh, you know, everyone just goes to chase the yield. Uh, and, and, you know. We're not supposed by- to do that. <laughs> Well, look, I, I understand, but here's the thing. I came to my chasing yield. Okay. I love the 600 plus percent on the key, uh, on the Chimai, uh, farm. Uh, and that's why I came because the project seemed to have good fundamentals. And then you have this farm giving me crazy APRs, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get in on this. Uh, but then, you know, that goes away, right? So, so the farms we have now are what? 120%. Uh, on the, the farm on my, it's a uh, hundred and something percent on the, on the ETH chi farm. Uh, I'm not even farming anymore, right? It, all the rewards that I get now are from borrow incentives because I'm making more on the borrowing incentives than I ever was on, uh, on, on the farms. Now, granted, I've, I've put more money into, uh, the protocol since, since I started. Um, but I feel like in terms of my personal, uh, philosophy on what I want my and cheat out to be. I, you know, I'm in here for the long run, right? I don't know how long you guys stake. I stake, you know, the full four years every single week. Uh, not, I don't even question it, right? Any rewards I get go right back into the protocol. I lock it for four years. Um, 
you know, with, with polygon block times now, that's like 2026 sometime, 2027 almost. Um, but, but I don't care, right? Uh, you know, if, if Big Heart listens to this, he's gonna, he's gonna shoot me a DM and tell me how much he hates me. I, I don't care what, what Chi is worth, right? Uh, Chi, Chi is an extra thing for me. Um, but you know, that's, that's a, it's a five year play for me, right? I'm not here to, to double my money in six months. Uh, you know, I'm here to 10x my money, 20x my money in, in five years, 10 years. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. And, and that's why the projects that I'm in are blue chip projects like Curve and Chainlink, right? I, I talk about those two all the time. Obviously, like BTC and ETH, like that's a given. Uh, but in terms of other tokens, uh, you know, there was a, you know, not to say anything bad about QuickSwap, but there was an interesting discussion about QuickSwap, uh, in investment talk on the Discord channel. Uh, whether people were getting in on that. And, you know, I, I flat out said I'm not bullish on QuickSwap, right? Because to me, QuickSwap isn't innovating, right? Now, if, if QuickSwap is a great partner for, for my finance, that's great. We continue the partnership. Uh, but for my own personal investment philosophy, I, I don't really care, right? So I'm in this, the things that I care about. And, and when I care about those things, I go in deep. I just want to dovetail yeah, on think, the back uh, of that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, real quick and say that, and that's the point I was trying to make about the Chi token earlier, is we should be thinking extremely, compared to most of the DeFi phase, thinking extremely long-term with with respects to what my finance is, what my finance is going to be, if our mission really is to democratize lending by allowing you to collater- or to, to unlock your your potential in your collateral, then that should be something that I can educate my kids about, right? There's now I'm sure things will change over time by that by that point in time. But the fundamentals of what my finance is doing stand and they stand the test of time, at least so far as we've been here, right? It's it's handled a few black swan events. Right. And the team is constantly innovating, pushing it in new directions, doing interesting things. I've, I've been very impressed with the interactions I've had with the dev team, and it seems like we're on solid footing. And I agree, Geekvine, with your take on QuickSwap's uh, kind of seeming lack of innovation. They did not inspire me on the community call with Cheetow. It did not seem like they were trying to really push it forward. The innovation they have brought forward has been more farming rewards using mechanisms from other chains, right? So it's like a fork and twist kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. And it, whereas you look at what Mai is doing, Mai is trying to unfragment its liquidity through a unique cross-chain mechanism within, in the form of Hub, which now Ave is doing, so now we look like we stole it. But I think it was percolating. <laughs> I think it was percolating. It's okay. It's okay dev circles and and so like those kinds of things are what set my apart and make it special right and at the end of the day we're all riding on top of the innovation that lao has brought forward anyways and the fact that he's sharing the opportunity with us is it seems to be lost on a lot of people we get to have a free ride on his innovation and that's kind of awesome that he's basically donating that to us in a, in a sense right obviously we're we're putting skin in the game and it's not totally a one-way street but at the same time we have an incredible opportunity and we are very early um 
And I feel like that when, when discussing the price of the Chi token is lost on a lot of people. They're all concerned about the price moving over the last week or month. or It's going down, it's going up, it's going down. It's, going, it's not going to hit its, its all-time highs at six bucks anytime soon. <laughs> and any, anyone that's under that impression isn't looking at what we're trying to do with the Chi token and, and just doesn't seem like they understand. Um, trying to cast shade at them at all, but I'm trying to like prepare them that they might be in for a painful time. Uh, so... Uh, but anyway, I lost where I was going with this. I got I got on my soapbox and I, I started throwing my fist I'll around. I'll jump. I'll jump in there. I'll jump in there. I think I think what uh, I also gathered from Geekline and I think a lot of folks, uh, sorry, a lot of chimps I've seen in the DAO, uh, sort of echo the same. Was I came for the farm? I stayed for what the protocol's fundamentals are, or I stayed for the community, or I stayed for you know what the long term vision looks like. It's going to be able to achieve. Um, a lot of folks, uh, you know, uh, a lot of chimps and a lot of you know, uh, future chimps may yet be uh, of the opinion that, hey, um, when up or, you know, uh, when moon, etc. Um, I think that's just a factor of the larger ecosystem. We have to consider the fact that we are one player amongst a sea of players and, and, and protocols, etc. And uh, all operating in very different fashions, all operating against very different um uh, runways, etc., and and that has kind of like a whiplash effect from a from a individual user's point of view. It's like I'm in protocol A, and it's all about like how do we get this token to go, you know, like super high? How do we get the liquidity going? Um, then I go to protocol B, and everything's really slow. It's laid back. It's really focusing on the fundamentals. Really focusing on building out the technology. And then I go to protocol C, which you know maybe it's my, maybe it's not, and maybe my interpretation is wrong. But we're focusing on you know uh, a slow expansion. We're focusing on partnerships. It's like as a user, I'm like, where, where do I, <laughs> right? Where, where do I kind of uh, center myself or how do I uh, be able to provide value or how to actually engage with the community? Um, and I, we have to be mindful that that is uh, a core likelihood for why people are coming in with different kinds of approaches and, and questions. Uh, again, not in the sense to question anything that's been said so far, but just the point of view that people who are listening in, chimps or otherwise, it's a perspective that you are gaining as you're engaging with the community. This kind of be like a mini crash course on, on why we, we perceive right the long-term value and the long-term horizon of, of Cheetah, of my finance is actually really, really great. It's actually going to be, um, as GeekMind said, uh, that long-term play is, is a much better option and we would recommend that. Of course, everyone has their own personal goals and requirements um, or at least their own individual uh, aims for what they're trying to do in the space. And it needs to kind of be that balance. So it's always going to be an interesting, I guess, tug of war in that space when it comes to the value of the Chi token with folks wanting to push anything and everything that can help get us there, whether it's a CEX, like a centralized exchange listing or otherwise, or um, you know, not diluting the value by pushing it out too hard. So I, I think it'll always be this really good um, aspect of, of balancing these opinions to get us to a position ideally get us to a position that's actually, uh, you know, getting us traction, uh, providing us the right kind of um, execution on our uh, on our plans overall um, without necessarily having to be stuck to a roadmap. And I think that's an important point that's brought up maybe in a prior call, maybe in, in some other call. Um, but at least uh, from my personal experience brought up pretty well from Uma, um, where the discussion on roadmap is it's great to have but does it also lock you down into just sort of following the, you know, uh, following it rotely and, and not actually doing anything that's innovative? But 
in a space like this, which is so rapidly moving and, and also uh, evolving at the same time, uh, would it not make more sense to be mindful of what's actually happening and uh, actually moving with that? And I think that's what happened recently, where for the longest time we're like, okay, we're going to become stablecoin number, you know, numero uno on on Polygon, and once we sort of you know uh, uh, manage that, once we've got everything, all our ducks in the row from a uh, features point of view, we're going to start going, you know, uh, multi-chain. But but within, I think, what, a month or three months or so of that kind of broad understanding within the DAO, we've started now this multi-chain journey. And I think that that's automatically started triggering again more folks thinking uh, or more chimps, um, you know, looking into what else can we be doing. And that can naturally also come down to what does that mean for the G token? What does that mean for the price, et cetera, et cetera? So it is a little bit of that, coming back to that point, that bit of the whiplash. And I think we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of that as we continue growing and as we get more chimps in. So yeah, looking forward to it. Go I actually ahead. want to make a counterpoint about how we should see the Qi token back at 5 to $6 in, <laughs> um, I'm going to say six months, okay? And Let's do this. And this is my argument for it. So uh, currently we have a little, about $100 million in, T, in uh, protocol value in TVL across all of the platforms. Um, and, you know, Qi market cap is about $10 million. And we have about, uh, what is it, 40, 50, 58, 59 million my in circulation from the vaults across Avalanche, Phantom, Polygon, and Solana. Okay, that's 60 million, 60 million my that is nothing that is absolutely nothing. And I think the whole idea with these partnerships with going cross chain, you know, building all of taking all of these strategic steps is to ultimately grow the exposure and presence of my and I think we're either going to succeed in six months and, you know, my in circulation will 10x. You know, past 500 million, I think that's a pretty reasonable thing to expect in a six-month period. And in which case, our uh, the Qi token should also reflect that in the value of the token. Or we stay stagnant if we only if we only go up another like 100 million, 200 million in another six-month period. I think we're really doing something wrong, and we really need to reevaluate like why are p- constant pivoting hasn't really worked and we have much bigger issues at hand. But I think it's either one or the other, but there's not really going to be a linear growth towards the, you know, like the magic 1 billion my mark. So I did some quick math, Evan, just for you. Uh, If you want this uh, $6 chi, uh, you're looking at roughly $110 million market cap for chi. What is the chi market cap right now? Is it uh, between 12? nine and 10? No, it, it's about 10? 10. Yeah, it's about 10. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you yeah. 10x that. Uh, so that's 100 million market cap. Um, you 10x the Mayan circulation. That's a conservative number. And so you would have to have over a billion. Would you have to? Would it be a billion dollars? If you have like five, if you have a 500 million Mai in circulation, you'd have to have close to a billion dollars in total value locked. If all of and we're, I'm talking about mine circulation coming purely from the vaults as well, so yeah, that seems reasonable. 100 million dollar market cap for a protocol that has over has around a billion dollars in TVL. Yep, I 
I would be interested to see our TVL growth against the value of Chi against the amount of my in circulation. I guess one's going to follow the other. And if we can include in that chart repayment fees as well, and then use those as, as some kind of gauge to see where we're at. Um, uh, one other thing too, I think that we should, will, will be interesting to see play out when an eventual bear market does hit, it's going to cause a ton of people to have to be forced to repay, which is going to cause a massive spike in terms of protocol revenue. And I'm wondering how that's going to play out because we, I mean, I was forced to pay back some of my stuff because I was a little, I wouldn't say I was over leveraged, but like there was a <laughs> severe drawdown. Um, I mean, I was, I was straddling 137 on my, on my collateral debt ratio for a while. I was like, this is a little bit spooky. I need to, I need to save myself. Yeah. Here. <laughs> um, but regardless, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it will be interesting to see how a bear market affects this whole thing. Um, I still stick to my guns. I, I would say that because we continue to pump G into the system that it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to stay depressed, um, and that's okay. But I think once it does pop, right, once we have our, our moment in the sun, which will eventually happen, the product's solid, we're going to see something nutty happen with the price, the amount locked, the number of debt ceilings hit. It's going to... It's going to be like our expansion onto Phantom, but way more intense. We will hit an exponential inflection point. Um, it's just finding the right moment or finding the right opportunity and then being there in that moment, which is a part of why going cross-chain is so important. Right? We need to get exposure on as many chains as possible to let them know that this core product is solid. Right? That yeah, and that's available. You know, you talk you you talked about explaining this to your normie friends about this kind of product. There's so many people in the crypto world who don't even know about this. Yep. Yeah. I, w- I would I would jump in to say uh, I think good points, um, Evan, that you brought up, um, and I think Royalid as well. And I think one thing we've been uh, we've been talking about a fair amount in the DAO, and and then um to some degree we kind of alluded to, but I'm not sure if we ever really nailed it on the head until. Um, it's Publu, right? Uh, Pablo over yes. at the Phantom Conference kind of highlighted that, hey there, um, it's great that we have these um, 0% interest, um, you know, vaults uh, where people can sort of store their collateral and sort of borrow against themselves. But um, when you think about it, the value that you're gaining and, and rather the cost that it actually reduces in terms of holding that loan for a longer period of time is uh, and this is this is also in an article for those of you who haven't read it. Uh, all you chimps and future chimps, uh, check out the media over there talking about holding loans uh, with floating interest versus a fixed interest like MyDot Finance, um, and it shows that within uh, just a couple of weeks, um, um, I'm stretching that term because it could be anywhere from three to eight or more, but um, within a couple of weeks, you're actually better off with a fixed interest uh, of 0% interest rather with MyDot Finance. And what does that then mean for protocols who are currently, and this is a big, big discussion right now where you are having protocols that have anywhere from, you know, 60% to like 99% of their treasury in their native token. And uh, to your point, Broly, what happens in a bear market, right? What happens to the value of the treasury and what they're able to do as a protocol? Whereas if you are able to uh, unlock again the potential of your treasury as a protocol using a product like MyFinance, you are then uh, enabling yourself to have stablecoin payouts versus having to put out governance tokens, uh, which is great. A lot of people do accept that. A lot of people do love that. 
and actually prefer that. But a lot of people are also themselves uh, having some level of concern and maybe would be interesting to see some kind of uh, a hybrid model of you know governance uh, plus stable as payouts um, for different DAOs I, that are maybe more advanced than we are. Sorry? I, I, uh, no, I just, it, you're, you're blowing my mind because what you're saying is basically you can use my finance as a weird kind of, it's not quite liquidity, but basically the ability to tap your treasury into stables while still holding on to the treasury. That is, a, exactly. and, and the important point for, for other um, DAOs or other protocols, they shouldn't really care. I mean, they probably do, but they shouldn't really care about the incentivized bans, right? They should care about having the amount put in and then the 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 balance they take out be comfortable with the DAO. So collateralization ratios of five, six, a thousand percent aren't unreasonable if they're just trying to tap a bit of liquidity to, I don't know, pay their staff or whatever. And then they can hold on to the tokens and they the, the the protocol still controls them and they can decide what to do. And they gain access to stables at the same time. That's really interesting. And then that's symbiotic for my because eventually we're going to see massive vault repayment at some point. It has to happen, and it'll be probably higher churn. Um, and that doesn't that doesn't even begin to talk about things where we're talking about like automation protocols like battery or the work that I'm doing with Instadap, right? Where you're constantly trying to maintain a specific amount of leverage. I had a, a DM with one of the members of the DAO um, talking about. Um, constant leverage and maintaining constant leverage every single time you tweak on that leverage amount as as your your underlying shifts we're 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 getting repayment revenue right so i think mm -hmm. automation of vaults is going to wind up boosting our repayment revenue pretty significantly it'll probably be a slow climb at first but when people understand what's going on right and you can have a fixed collateralization ratio against an interest-bearing asset that just sits there and earns you money and you get to tap it for free like that is incredibly powerful that is exactly that is something and truly game changing and take that to a protocol level where the protocol may choose to have their uh, treasury Taked in a number of different number of different new protocols that are coming up with comes with regards to managing yield, etc., which provides you a receipt token, and that receipt token can actually then be uh, deposited in my finance, and you borrow against that. So you're then borrowing against a yield-bearing asset as a protocol and not just as a user. So imagine the capital efficiency you're gaining at that level. So I, I think that going beyond where we're at right now is the long-term approach, and I already see the comings of that just by virtue of the, the discussions we've been having, especially uh, uh, Pablo at the Phantom Conference dropping that point that as a protocol, you are much better off with a fixed interest rate uh, that we have, which is 0%. It doesn't get better than that. Um, and I think as you mentioned, yes, we do have Chi uh, rewards right now in future on Phantom, uh, us hitting the different TVL requirements for the Grant program over there will allow us in about two months to unlock, um, you know, FTM rewards, which likely will go to again towards vault borrowing. Um, and then in Harmony as well, we already have the initial grant. And um, as we grow and, and we have TVL there as well, we're going to be unlocking another roughly $200,000 um, worth of, uh, I think it was uh, one uh, rewards, which again would likely go towards vault borrowing. So those are those are those maybe small numbers from a protocol perspective, but uh, as as an as a possible pro offering, um, you know, considering blue chip 
uh, tokens or near blue chip, maybe they're, you know, mid cap or so, um, coming in and saying, hey, we want to vault for our token. We will organize with you with regards to what the CDR is in a sense that it makes sense for not just us as a treasury, but also our users that may have already got our governance token. And um, hey, that's going to be a great fit for you. It's going to be a great fit for us. Um, as a protocol, we, of course, can you know uh, enable and organize and um, engender these kinds of uh, these relationships. It could be built on the back of the partnerships we already have. And hence, that partnership ecosystem suddenly becomes valuable for us to say, hey, y'all are up and coming. We're all working together. We're growing this together. But tomorrow, y'all are mid you're a mid-cap. We're a mid-cap. Um, you, you would like to be collateralizing your, your token. Uh, why not you know, work with us as that? And I think that's where I'm coming from with that bigger picture, longer term thinking and why I feel like the, um, how do you say it, the uh, strategic partnerships that we just passed in the, in the in chip, I think 37 um, or 35, I forget. Um, but I feel like that's the backbone, not just of our liquidity now, but in future, the likelihood of those kinds of partnerships where those tokens actually come in and become collaterals, um, not just for the users, but for the protocols themselves. And really quick, I just want to jump in and say, on the topic of my liquidity, I believe the goal is to eventually be as liquid as die, right? Maker doesn't really, I, I, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't think Maker does a ton of incentivization of uh, directly of, of trying to get liquidity for die. Why? Die is as good as a dollar on any chain that it exists. And so the goal in my mind for my liquidity is to be able to have enough use cases that other people are providing the liquidity as a necessity for them to operate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I am actually, this is going to be a, another project I'm working on, but is to actually examine the, um, the variance, the stablecoin variance from peg. And so I'm not entirely sure that die is as good as a dollar. I mean, yes, yes. From a, from like a collateralization point of view, Yes, your money is guaranteed. But as from a uh, usage point of view, um, if die like how much die, how stable die is to the peg, I think also plays a very big role in how usable it ends up being. Like for example, um, I don't know what it is lately, but I always feel like my is always like almost a cent below peg. It's just it's it's just been very off and. You know, I think Ben has talked about this as well, about how keeping the peg is the most important part of like, or one of the most important aspects of his job right now. And so I just want to say that I, I'm going to be looking more into this and hopefully come up with some interesting analysis to check like, you know, how good is our, you know, is our peg basically, and what care, what aspects make this, make a peg strong and are we doing all of those things or are there things that we can be doing to further increase the peg that other protocols are doing? And to provide a little bit of color on that, um, we in, in the DAO have come to accept uh, a cent under or a cent over as normal for my, now that's not healthy in the long term, but as normal for my, because the primary mechanism holding my to the peg is as far as I'm aware, anchor. Anchor holds it. Anchor charges a 1% fee. So you would expect 1% drift in either direction. You expect in bull markets it to be under peg and in bear markets it to be over peg as people buy my in a bear market to repay their loans. And in a bear market, or whoops, sorry. Yeah, in a bear market, they want to 
buy my to repay their loans, drives the price up, overpeg. And in a bull market, they take out loans, sell my for other assets, driving the the price of my down. And so that last percentage is really hard for, for us as a protocol right now to hone in on. And so, Evan, if you can bring forward ideas, suggestions, or even just analysis pointing to directions that highlight how to close that last 1% gap, um, ideally from a game theoretical perspective being sound, but I, I like that's a little bit of a high bar to clear, just you know, call up your friend in mechanism design. Um, but uh, to, to close that gap would quiet a lot of concern around Mai's function in the broader crypto ecosystem. So yes. I will, I will, I will disagree slightly. Uh, looking at anchor fee revenue, I, I, I'm not sure anchor is really the the main mechanism right now. Uh, from from what I've noticed, and this is purely just you know observation. I'm not I haven't done any math on this, but uh, ever since we went to Phantom, I have seen the peg be closer to a dollar uh, than it was when we were just Polygon exclusive. Interesting. I wonder why that is. That's a great question. Evan can say, answer yeah, it. Just, no, 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 no. Now we're a real podcast. We've, we've said that's a great question. <laughs> I think that's actually interesting because a lot of us were expecting the peg to drop more. Um, and, and I do think that is also, I, I would, of course, give credit where credit's due, is the teams, um, the, 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 the devs, etc., have all had the plan of maintaining uh, debt ceilings and not raising them at the consistent 48-hour rate so that the peg is getting maintained. Um, and I do think there have been comments around the fact that there is an extreme desire to unlock the value of uh, you know yield-bearing assets that um, I think we're accumulating in a very large way in Fatim. And we have had a six-month head start over here in Polygon, and there has been a slow growth, whereas in Unfatim, it's literally an explosion of everything that we've been doing over the last, let's say, four months in one shot. So yeah. I feel like that's another key aspect that we have to be mindful of. And, and that's going to keep happening as we go to other chains. And we're likely to be getting a lot of chimps coming in here saying, you know, uh, when debt ceiling. But um, that's good. That's good. It means that we are... Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite know, command. Are, uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good because it means that we are... Um, we are being the value is is, is being perceived accurately. Um, the the aspect of what we're pitching, right? Unlock the value of your crypto is being understood. Um, capital efficiency at at its at its finest, but um, that's just a that's a highfalutin term. Uh, it's easier to just say, hey, you got some money, make money with your money, right? Uh, or rather, I think there's a better hashtag out there that the my finance um, marketing has been putting out. But I mean, yeah, at its base, I think. We're going to be seeing a repeat of this, like we saw in Phantom, um, across the chains, um, more so with the ones where we're able to have access to grants pretty soon. Um, that definitely is uh, Phantom and uh, Harmony. I, I don't actually look too much into what it's like at Avalanche. Um, I, I think I'm a bit behind on that. So maybe maybe you folks or Pingu and other awesome chimps in the DAO could uh, help educate on that front. Well, and that's why I'm so excited for the uh, the move to Harmony. I mean, Harmony's got like $350 million TVL, like the whole network. Uh, and there's nothing like my there, right? Um, Tranquil just launched, which is kind of like a compound fork. Um, and it's fine. Like, I, I don't really care about the Trank token. Uh, but there's nothing like you can get USDC and, and other stables, right? The curve is there. Um, but But there's not much in terms of, you know, 
leveraging the, the, the tokens that you already have. And so, uh, that, that's why I'm excited. I think that one has the most potential. Uh, I know that, uh, maybe DeFi disagrees right now, <laughs> looking at, uh, the TVL for the network. Um, but you know, maybe in due time as they expand the rewards program. And I think yeah, one I think... interesting. Sorry, go oh, ahead. Uh, one interesting point to make, Raythers, uh, specifically on growth, which I think we've we've transitioned fully off of, of liquidity uh, onto growth, but they're still heavily connected, right? Um, so it's it's cool to see us talking yeah. in that direction and to hear the potential things coming down the line. But it'll be interesting to hear a bunch of chimps being like. Oh, I joined my finance when when APRs were high, like uh, me and Geekfine. Um, and then the next round will be like, well, I joined when you guys opened up yield-bearing assets, and that's what brought me in, right? There's going to start to be these like tranches of people that were brought in when a specific feature launched, kind of like World of Warcraft. If you have any friends that played WoW, they'll remember the expansion pack they joined in. Very, very similar yeah. mentality, and there'll be like epochs of chimps. And to to your earlier point about us being early. The first real epoch that I'm aware of that saw Cheetah's major growth was the high APR farms. And now we're yeah. moving into the second epoch, interest-bearing assets during the DeFi 2 kind of movement. And then who knows what's going to be next. Whatever Daniel farts out of his butt next will be the hard <laughs> thing, right? But uh, Popsicle or, or Finance, it's back. I mean... Yeah, and that's that's been discussed, right? Um, there was uh, an interesting thing that came up in in the Discord today about uh, the bridging, because I think that's a topic we haven't discussed at all. Now I don't want to make this any longer than it, it has. Uh, you know, we 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 said an hour, we're over an hour already. Uh, but I think there's some potential in doing our own liquidity through an official bridge on my right and i know that we have the partnership with relay and that's obviously like gangbusters right uh we're going to be going to a ton of networks because of that uh but i look at uh i don't know if you guys have ever played with elk um elk is basically uh, a dex but they have a bridge built into the dex and so what you do is you swap whatever token into elk and then you you can bridge it to any network they're on, right? So they're on Avalanche, Phantom, Harmony, Polygon, uh, I think Binance Chain, and maybe one other one. And uh, you can tick a little box, and it says convert elk to uh, gas fees. And so your elk is sent over, and you have enough uh, of whatever the token is, uh, the the gas token in that network, to do you know like ten transactions, right? Five transactions. Uh, and so, you know, you, after you bridge your elk, you go back into the other network, uh, again, still on elk and, uh, switch your wallet, switch your MetaMask wallet to that network. And then you can swap your elk on this new network using the, the little bit of gas fee that you were given into whatever token you want and do whatever you want with it. And I think that is an, a really interesting market that nobody but elk has tapped. Um, and, and elk is not huge. Uh, but it is slowly getting everywhere. And, and I think in terms of potential liquidity, uh, and, and, you know, we're talking about the lower fees nowadays. By the way, I love napkin math. Uh, if, if all 60 million, uh, mine circulation were paid back in, in loans, uh, that would be, you would receive 450x of your current, uh, chi rewards. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a potential. Again, I don't know if that's likely, and I don't know uh, if if the protocol itself is getting kickbacks from the the relay partnership, uh, but that's might be something worth looking into. 
Again, resource, dev resources are very limited, so who knows? Right. Got it. But, I think... Yeah, go ahead, Royal. This will be quick. Um, so Pablo sent over to me prior to it launching for review the uh, cross-chain my hub code. It basically does exactly what you're suggesting, Geekvine, where you have kind of these like endpoints that are syncs, and then you have they, they also act as a tap. And so you can put my in one side and pop my out the other. The reason we're using bridge protocols is the same reason we're leveraging Beefy for auto compounding, right? The team doesn't have enough resources right now to do everything that needs to be done. Um, and so we're leveraging the bridge protocols, but that is on the radar as something really cool. And something that occurred to me while, when I was reviewing the code for security, uh, stuff is this opens up the opportunity for arbitrage across chains, which means if everything goes according to plan, the peg on phantom will affect the peg on polygon will affect the peg on harmony, right? All of my becomes one unified currency no matter what chain it's on and brings itself tighter to the peg um the facilities aren't really there to do it yet um because you would need anchor to exist on more protocols to provide arbitrage opportunities there and in the longer run some better mechanism than just anchor but um there is there is real potential there and again this circles back to the discussion that the the reason that we're all here right the innovation that my is putting forward constantly like a raithers dropped some alpha for me in this call i hope that i'm dropping a little bit of alpha with this multi-chain my arbitrage thing right those kinds of things are why we stick with the chimps right the the there's real actual innovation happening here which is more than most DeFi protocols bring bring to the table oftentimes it's just a fork Yes. And you know, that I was some talk of this. The, it, it, <laughs> I love all the alpha that just got dropped in the past, what I think was like 20, minute, 20 minutes or so. <laughs> awesome. Just had to wait past the hour mark to hear it all. That's right. Yeah, it, it was all planned. It was all the, planned. Geekvine told us, hold the alpha <laughs> for the last time. <laughs> it's the after credit scene, and the next thing up is the, uh, the POAP code, right? Uh, special announcement. Special announcement. TVL yeah. hit hit 100 million. Right now? Uh, like a minute ago. Wait. Yes. Oh my God! Look Wait, at what? This. this is happening on the on the call. This on is the call. Amazing. This is 100 million That's incredible. Amazing. That's so cool. Congrats to the core team and to all the chimps. That's incredible. Champagne yep. all around, chimps. That's Sounds right. like a. Is this a good place to end it? Yeah, let's let's wrap it up here, gentlemen. What a pleasure. Royally, you need to come back it more often, man. Of course, of course. Just uh, get at me, and I'll I'll get my soapbox out. <laughs> I think I think that was a, I think it was a good point you brought up earlier as well with regards to some of the folks we could get on as guests, and I would I would like to see that some more uh, chimp cast. Uh, you know, feature episodes with maybe a partner or, you know, maybe a couple of guests or a couple of other folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, contrasting opinions. We'll work on that. Uh -huh. uh, as Evan said, uh, we're going to be the next bankless, I guess. That's what he said. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's wrap it up here. Thank you to everyone listening. And of course, come uh, hang out on the MyFinance Discord. Uh, there's a link in the show notes and you can go to myfinance.com. Again, 
This is not officially uh, tied to the DAO or my finance, but uh, we love the protocol, so come hang out there. We're all on Discord, and uh, we spend way too much time there. Uh, and obviously, we have a good time. So uh, if you enjoy the chat here, you'll enjoy the chat on Discord. You can uh, check the podcast on Spotify, anchor.fm slash chimpcast, or you can go to chimpcast.com. Uh, i got to get a website put together, I guess, this week. Uh, you can email contact at chimpcast.com. Why? I don't know, but uh, just do it. And uh, thanks for listening. See you in the next one. Bye, all. Later, everyone.